Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast, episode number 38. I am your host, Ray Harkins. If my voice sounds a little deeper and sexier, it's because I'm sick. I got a fucking sinus infection, and it sucks. But that's what happens when you run around like a madman for the holidays, and um, yeah, just just so much going on. But the train does not stop here on the show, and I want to make sure that I'm continually putting this stuff out, because uh, I have some unreasonable promise on myself that I need to continually release these shows. So anyways, um, Chris Callahan. From Burning Love, Cursed, Left 4 Dead is the guest, and I will gush about him in a moment. Property of Zach. (coughs) See, I'm going to leave the cough in there in order to really exemplify how sick I am. Property of Zach. uh, It's a great website. And I, I think I always say great. How about an amazing website? How about a website that you should visit immediately? Um, they posted their best of 2012. So it's like the entire staff voted in a very, laborious voting process. Um, but it was cool because obviously it weeds out just the sort of, you know, casual fans of records and like, no, the collective voice has spoken. This is the best record. And if you want to find that out, go to propertyofzack.com. Boom. Look at that. Professional segue lead. I don't know what they call it, but check that out. Um, review the show, go to iTunes. You can give us some stars. We would appreciate that. Uh, my goal is by the, I don't know, year anniversary of the show, that we'll be over at uh, 100 or so star ratings. That's my goal. I think we're at like 71 right now. So if you haven't done it, that would be awesome if you just just did it. Just two seconds. That's all it takes. Um, and if you want to go further with it and write some reviews, um, there, is a, there is a new review up there, and I appreciate it. Um, so yeah, check it out. Um, and happy holidays. I know I said it at the very beginning, but I realized that I didn't say like a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year and all that other good stuff. So happy holidays, everybody. Hopefully you had time to kind of slow down and, uh, appreciate time with family, friends, or whoever you're spending it with. Um, cause it definitely is the only point of the year where you can really sort of take a step back and be like, all right, I'm not answering 500 emails. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that because everybody's collectively not doing that. So it's awesome. Um, Let's see. Uh, so yeah, Chris Callahan. Um, I was able to sit down with him in Florida at the fest on, um, I can't remember what night, but there was the night that Burning Love played. Um, I, I mean, if there was an interview that I was more excited to do, uh, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Um, Chris Callahan is one of my favorite vocalists of all time. Uh, I just think he's, very well-spoken, a very creative individual, and he's always able to express himself pretty much at any juncture in his life from the super early, pissed-off, teen angsty, left-for-dead stuff to The Swarm to uh, Cursed. And I, I, don't, I just what he's able to accomplish musically is amazing, and I am stoked to call him my friend because throughout our journeys within independent music, our paths have crossed on more than one occasion – and uh, him and I are friendly. And so I was able to track him down uh, sans cell phone because <laughs> that's he doesn't have a cell phone. It's amazing. Like that's that's how that dude rolls. So uh, we were like, all right, we'll meet at the corner of this street and the street on like six o'clock. 
And so, um, yeah, took him to the same park that I interviewed Tom from Hostage Column and James from Make Do and Mend. Check out those previous episodes. Um, so, yeah, same park. Uh, it's a little bit later at night. Um, and he is a little softer spoken um, than, than some of the previous interviews that I've done. Um, so maybe turn it up just a little bit in order to get the full enjoyment of the show. Um, but, yeah, he has so many great things to say. And um, I was really excited to kind of get to the origins of, you know, who he was and his family, not who he was, but who he is and his family life. And um, we definitely talked a lot about stuff that I've never heard him open up about. So there you have it. Check it out. And I'll talk to you afterwards. Yeah, exactly. I just plug it in, and edit it. I mean, most of the conversations I don't edit anyways because it's obviously more fun when it's just kind of like, oh, I'm hanging out with you. It's a nice conversation. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've, like I was telling you, I've always wanted to do this with you because, like, I mean, I, and I've definitely affirmed my love for you over the years. But I, like, there are definitely, like, people who, regardless of what they're doing artistically, like, I will always support, love, et cetera, et cetera, and you've always been one of those people. Like, Thanks, man. You're welcome. Once I, uh, honestly, once I jumped into the Left 4 Dead game, and I was like, like, I mean, it, it was just such, it was something that's, I mean, because honestly, like, I, I feel like I first heard Left 4 Dead when I was, like, maybe 17, and I, something about it, because I'm not, like, a pissed off dude, and it was, like, it, it awoke a side in me that I was, like, there is such a legitimate reason to be angry and it was like I don't know it just it was like it scratched that itch that like I didn't really feel like was inside of me and it was like ever since that happened I was just like I love Chris Collin and everything he does and it's I mean no it's true I mean I just I've just I mean and like from a a genuine standpoint not just like this you know total fanboydom but it's like everything that you have done from like you know whatever interviews any written word you've done it's just always been like whether or not I agree with every word that you say, whether it's like philosophically or uh, why I, should you? Why should there be somebody who agree with everything they say? <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. But I just I, I I had to get my fanboyness uh, out of the way. Thanks, man. You're no, welcome. No. I'm not. You know, I'm not really walk around fucking punching people out. I don't know. Some people get the impression of that. I know. But it's it's more like the the things to be angry at, and that's a huge side of me. Yeah. Are very legitimate. It doesn't mean that that's the only thing that's in your head or the only side of you that there is. But those things, like we were just talking about, right? And it's it's funny because it's such a it's a common conception, right? It's just like in the sense of however a person presents himself musically, artistically, yeah. it's like that's the corner that they're painted in. Yeah. Because it's easy. Yeah. I was hanging out last night with John Brandon uh, when we played that show. Yeah, yeah. Brunch, and someone said the same thing. Like he's fucking pissed. Like we're just hanging out talking about life and shit. Right. His songs are pissed. Of course. I mean, you walk around like that from 1981 till right now. Every second, that's always thinking of is smashing society all the time. Right. Exactly. But, it's like there's there's nuances behind everybody's personality, and yeah. obviously, if you're just a one note person, like clearly, you wouldn't be able to exist in this world yeah. very easily. Well, music and art, period, they're therapeutic because you let the worst fucking possible ideas in your head like out. 
Yeah. And to, to get some air and you feel yourself saying them and it makes you think them out. Right. You're exercising them. Totally. Yeah, yeah. And in hardcore especially, you see a lot of uh, people take the idea of pissedness first and then they go backwards to recreate it and make up a word to go with it in a face in a photograph. And that's like right. going kind of backwards from <laughs> having a reason to like right. wanting to have a reason. Yeah. Like I know that I should be angry on my third record still. Yeah. <laughs> they're that band. They're pissed. But what? I don't know. They're pissed. They are pissed though. They're pissed. Times a million. Yeah. Yeah. Great. But I, I remember, yeah. I remember the first time that I met you where you like, it w- I've like hardly ever done this to anybody where it was just like you you were like literally walking on Cre- Queen Street like you were walking across like Taken was up there for whatever reason and I just saw you and I was like fairly certain that's fairly certain that's Chris Callahan you were walking across the street and I was like Chris and like you kind of you looked at me and like because I, I think we had either played the night before whatever there was some Hamilton uh, it, well, this was in Toronto. We didn't play, maybe we didn't play in Toronto, but we, whatever. I just, I saw you, and I just remember because you were just so welcoming, cool, where you were like, once I put it in context, like, oh, I'm in Taken, you know, Chris Chris Logan, and you were just like, oh, yeah, like, and you were, I think you were going to get lunch, and we had, like, falafel together or some shit like that. And it was, uh, yeah, like you said. Well, how else are you going to be? That is the context of it, you know what I mean? Right. It's like... That's, you're the dude from that thing I'm the dude from this thing and that is how we know each other there's no fucking hierarchy to it right. it's no... not like I always have time for my fans you know <laughs> like yeah dude of course, it just takes dude. me a minute yeah there's a lot of people like I remember uh-huh. from especially festivals like this oh and you dude see, you see people you've known for like up to 20 years in one place and like I know when I see someone's face I remember conversations right yeah, You're like, just put it in a it. context for me, and totally. then we'll be able to do this. Yeah, yeah. I feel like a dick because I see people and I can't entirely put it together. Everyone, but right. Not eight out of ten of them, I usually <laughs> right. everyone's in my head too. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's a give and take, man. You know. Totally. And so, um, yeah. So usually I start things off with just like the idea of you know where, like, born, raised. Were you always born and raised in this sort of southern Ontario area, or yeah. where did you, uh, where did you, where did you come up? Uh, born in Toronto. Okay. Came up in Hamilton. Gravitated back to Toronto, spent some time in Guelph, Ontario, and Montreal, and sure. then back in Toronto where I've been for ten years. Or so. Sure. Um, and you, brothers and sisters? No, only child. Yeah, a mom and a son. Right. <laughs> and you're you're so your dad was never present in your life? No, not until um, I was grown up, and it wasn't present either. Then I just like some weird shit happened, and uh, you just knew of his existence. Met, met him at one point, and then one other point. Right. Twice total. Twice total in the summation of your life, that's which right. clearly isn't a father. Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, so you're, what does your mom do for work, like, as you were kind of coming up? Uh, she was a teacher. Oh, really? Yeah. What'd she teach? Um, she worked with retarded kids. Okay. Which is why she was so good with me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, I know how to handle these. Yeah, like, come here, you little retard. No, she worked with, uh, she was in English and stuff, and, and uh-huh. uh, she was like a learning resources teacher for like troubled kids and then learning disabled kids and sure sure handicapped kids right yeah wow that's crazy so I was raised around a lot of like books right and yeah reading really early and a lot right right we were just talking about books right um, like yeah so English and obviously like that side of you was uh, that blossomed early obviously definitely yeah it was yeah. like and was your I mean your mom was obviously I mean being a single mother is fucking real tough like yeah. period hell yeah did you did you have like a support system? Like, was there other family around, or was it? There was nobody else around. No. Really, and it's funny when you get raised with just that situation because all your like, it's kind of like a band. Like your frustrations uh-huh. 
and your little triumphs, they all have to go through the same channel of people. You know what I mean? Like you kind of make each other suffer. And then when you have good things, like it's all just one other person that's going through. Yeah, that's true. I never thought about it from that perspective. Yeah. So any resentment I have or anything that she did wrong, I have, that's also the same person that had to totally go it alone and figure out, like I couldn't, I couldn't do that now right. with, my, with a, a wife. You know, I don't know how the hell anybody, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how anyone does it. I sure as hell don't know how my mom did it while being a teacher right having nobody else there but so you have to like respect the hell out of the person and even though you you differ on, on of course things. yeah 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 no that's that's crazy because yeah i definitely i mean the the luxury of like you know me having a child and like i mean my mom my wife's mom like we have a system there and it's like i just i i definitely look at the way that other people have been raised and have that experience like you where it was like yeah we essentially are just by ourselves yeah, we were by ourselves yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Um, and so as you were, you know, like junior high or didn't call them junior high no, in Canada. We have, we go up to grade eight and then we just have high school. Right. Okay. Nine to 13. Right. So yeah, essentially that's all quote unquote elementary school. We yeah. call it in the States. Right. Um, and so as you started to, you know, kind of a two part question where it's like went the intro to sort of independent music and like was music, you know, was music an important part of your mom's life that she kind of sort of. My mom was like, um, a hippie. Yeah. She was from that time and place, okay. and around kind of artists and stuff, but she was a little more kind of straight-laced. Uh-huh. Um, and she had some things happen in that scene, and people that kind of blew her mind sort of young. And, and But she, all, in in the process of it, she likes a lot of things that I get definitely credit. Um, Her exposing you to. Yeah, for sure. Leonard Cohen and stuff like that, that she was, yeah. you know, at ground zero of that stuff when it was going down and around that scene of, of writers. So was there, I mean, because it's funny, because, I mean, I immediately always think of hippies and that as a direct connection to America. So, like, was, I mean, your mom was in, like, the Toronto area and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that's Toronto. There's, so there's, like, I didn't really understand that there was a huge, like, or a, a hippie movement up there as well. Yeah, I don't know really know what I mean by hippies. I don't mean, like, flowing gowns. And right, no, yeah, 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 stuff, right, right. More like... You that know, sort of awakening, that cultural awakening. Coffee yeah. houses and people and my mom was a... Beat poets and... Yeah. yeah, totally. She was around some good stuff. So, yeah, I was raised around a lot of, like, literature and stuff like that, but that, that comes from her largely. Leonard Cohen in particular, right? That's we cool. Get to, no matter... There's there's a lot of things that we differ on, but that's right. the stuff of life. The, the commonality where it's like, hey, we always got Leonard Cohen. Yeah. <laughs> but music... So, I guess, yeah, by way of that. Right. There was certain things, like the Beatles my mom grew up on that were always around the house, and I... I'm not a Beatles fan. Yeah. My poor bandmates are sick to death of this conversation. I've yeah. got a long-winded over-justification of why I can't handle the Beatles. So, I, I, I mean, realistically, it's just, it's it's a personal preference. Like, people just yeah. attach something and whatever. I mean, the Beatles are like, yeah, they're considered untouchable. So anyone that voices their yeah. opinion. Oh, all right. If we're going to go there, let's go there. Yeah. I, that's exactly it. I think it's the Beatles. I, I'm not ever saying it's not good or whatever, but it's sort of like a default music brand. Of music course. deference. Right. And I don't... I agree with that kind of thing. I think there's a million bands that could have just as easily been yep. them. Yep. I think they're representative of their times and they're changing phases with the culture around them. And I think when people are really good at showmanship, they kind of know how to make it look like they're the vanguard of something when they're really the result. Right. Know, like they're a product of that. Uh, yeah. They're completely a product of that culture. Totally. And there's a lot of things I like from that. I mean, a lot of the music I listen to is from that time and place, like the Kinks especially and the Animals. Yep. So I just don't like... Uh, people not looking much further than that it's, it's a music, to, it, you know? it, it, it totally is a knee-jerk reaction where yeah. it's just like oh yeah, Beatles yeah like okay it's the Beatles like, right 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 uh, unfuckwithable right, no, right anything is fuckwithable there's no, nothing that should be unfuckwithable <laughs> totally so she get like music if was Christopher obviously Christopher Hitchens can talk shit about Mother Teresa I can talk shit about the Beatles <laughs> <laughs> great correlation yeah. I love that yeah 
it's a, so music was exposed to you, but it wasn't like this, you know, like your mom had this gigantic record collection. She no, was like, that's what I mean. Here, Christopher. Yeah, it wasn't super elaborate. It was some kind of hippie stuff that she was around. A lot of Beatles. Yeah. Uh, Simon and Garfunkel and things like that. Yeah, yeah. But when, since I was a kid, I was like a music freak. Really? From... Yeah, being a little and like, and like, what, what sort of influenced you to like dive into that? Like, was it just something you were aware of music and you started to, you know, do more research on your own? I guess so. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I know, I know, being an only because I'm an only child too, yeah. and I, I really love the fact that like uh, a lot of the self discovery I had, like it, it wasn't. I mean, of course, it was influenced by something. But it wasn't like maybe my immediate peer group or like I felt like I kind of yeah. well, people grew up with they have like an older brother or something like that. Totally, it's like the gateway. To you. Yeah. yeah. But me, I don't know, man. Like the first, oh god, I'm gonna sound so fucking old. It's okay. The first punk song I ever heard, the Boomtown Rats. Okay. I don't like Mondays. Okay. That was the first thing I remember, and I was right. a little kid. But sure. That song with a little kid. That do you know the song I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. This girl that goes to school, and it was based on a real thing of a suicide of a little kid. Right. And that. I'm not like I was a punk rocker from right there. Right, right. In, in grade two, fucking keeping it real in 81. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, yeah. I mean, it was years later. But, uh, yeah, that music always really affected me. Got it, got and, it. Um, I don't know. I think when it came to punk, by that time, I was listening to really a lot of everything. Uh-huh. Um, you were just trying to shove as much in as you possibly yeah, could. Yeah, <laughs> but it's sort of random, too, because I didn't have like an older brother. I didn't. I moved a lot when I was a kid mm-hmm. uh, within the kind of the area I lived a lot yeah which is its own story too but uh, I never had the same kind of group of people around so I just kind of I don't know how yeah you like you probably it's probably one of those things where it was like bits and pieces from everywhere yeah like you just you kind of collected it like you said I mean moving to different places you collect it from one person that you know yeah. says something in passing or whatever yeah um, I gravitated towards angsty sort of things and yeah. intense right and whatever kind of music it was it was right right so but I mean the I mean obviously with you moving around uh, you know single mother like I mean it sounds like there was a lot of angst as you were growing up like did you have you know that, that sort of angry yeah. sort of you know yeah you get by the time you're like mid I don't know teens yeah you get Naturally, I think anybody like that, no matter how good a parent you know you have, mm-hmm. you get identity issues. Of course, when you're raised and you're a boy and you're raised with a single mom and they're not a dad and they don't know how to you know those things, so you're figuring right. those things out for yourself. Right, you're, you're hitting puberty. You can't really like not yeah. like you'd go to your dad and be like, "Dad, I'm getting pubic hair. What, what, yeah, what, what do, do I do? I do? <laughs> Pull it out." <laughs> I almost immediately started shaving it when I started getting it. I'm like, this is not cool. No, yeah. Well, I think it's every weird. boy is terrified when the, like that when shit starts to change. It's like I don't know what to do. Yeah, I'm shaving that shit. Off. <laughs> <laughs> this is not natural. Yeah, no. It's yeah. a the uh, and so yeah because you were moving around a lot and then like the I presume like you didn't stay in school like whatever school you were in for a prolonged time. That's the trouble time. when you're a kid. And you're in Southern Ontario, and then you're in a Roman Catholic high school system. You're definitely there's little clans, like little groups. You know? Yep. And you're not one of these, and you're not one of those. You're kind of fucked. Right. So punk for me was just a time bomb, you know, to come across that. Sure, sure. So you you would kind of jump into these schools. Everybody would already know each other, and you're like the new dude. Yeah, you're not. I had like a shaved head, but I wasn't fucking skinhead because the skinheads they weren't the cool. <laughs> You know, yeah, uh, open-minded kind. They were the shitty <laughs> yeah, they were the shitty skinheads. They yeah, were yeah. beating the hell out of my friends. Um, yeah, and definitely the jocks weren't into it. I wasn't one of anything, right? Right, right, right. And I'm into that. I like the way that worked out. Yeah, I'm still running on the alienation of that <laughs> because people don't really essentially change. Like the world, the way it works is always like that. Yeah, you know, whether we're all like middle-aged now or whatever, it's still like, right. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, especially it's like once you've 
if you've put so much quote unquote work into something such as being a part of an independent culture and essentially it is work because the older yeah. you get I mean you know the older you get the harder it is to stay involved yeah and it's like and that's why obviously people drop off because it's easier to like okay like I'm not going to go to a show I'm not going to be at a band I'm not going to write about music I'm not going to care about anything that's like yeah. happening currently yeah um, so and, that, and that's, that's why I've always admired you too just in the fact that it's like you know you've you've always fought the quote-unquote good fight whether or not you you know like whether or not it's you know you're doing something musically at that time you know you still are generally i mean you've always been in bands like that's just always been part of you you know um yeah <laughs> and how i mean and because of that like how i mean how do you personally not get jaded by that i think i've been to jaded in the back you know what i mean uh-huh and I, I, the older I get, I'm gonna be 38 next month. Right. And I don't know. Like I'm, I think the the people you're around. I mm-hmm. never would have thought this. I would have uh, left for dead. Call in. Would have kicked Burning Love here. Call in. I'm the nuts over this. But <laughs> there is such a good thing as uh, surrounding yourself with more positive uh, ideas and people. You don't have to fucking drag yourself over the goals about the shitty things in life all day, every day. Right. <laughs> that right. was great and relevant to its time. And I don't take any of it back. And the, you know those things, like we said, those those things are always realities. The bad, the dark right. sides. But right. being around a bunch of people that are a lot younger, like the guys I play with, right, and they just want to play and they want to play well and have fun. And all this is, I mean, not that new to them because now it's been like three or four years. Of course. But seeing it sort of through their eyes again, places they'd never been. And yeah. It's, it's kind of like the magic I remember that it's yeah. always still there. I just like have to remind myself to see it. And I'm always meeting new kids. Like every few years, it's a different wave of people. You, you meet people and then you meet their like little brothers and then right. even they come and go but there's somebody there it doesn't yeah. really matter if they're your age or I, that's what I love about this I can be kicking it on the sidewalk with some someone that's like 18 and it doesn't really no I don't feel weird about it no no yeah. I mean yeah you, you you maybe have different uh, cultural touchstones but it's still you know you're all part of the same quote unquote fight together yeah. <laughs> oh, I felt really I've had more energy I think for all this in the last couple of years than I have for a long time yeah which is good. When 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 would you say that the the height of the sort of jadedness was like you, that was maybe present in your life, where it was like I don't even know if I'm, like this this shit means as much to me. I don't know. In terms of hardcore, it, it's gone in a lot of times. Like even Left for Dead, the context of Left for Dead was not a big deal. Yeah, it was like thirty kids in a basement. Right, it right, was like, right. At the time, it's like some band playing in your town right now that there's thirty kids at. You know? Totally, totally. That was it. It wasn't a phenomenon. Right. Nothing fucking was. It was just like right. psh, another band. But that was already when all of our friends had kind of like all the hardcore kids had all those kind of straight edge kids. And, and moved on. Big words and big t shirt designs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. Were like, no, we're actually bar jocks. Okay. Cool. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what you're doing. That's fine because you kind of already were. You know, it's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're in a pack. Right. And you're going to move with a pack. So that was like a learning experience just about how people work. Yeah. So I mean, that was a that was a function of being jaded. I think that being jaded was incorporated into the right. music. Right. That was like the the first wave where you saw where it was like, okay, this this is a direct reaction of what I've experienced. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in terms of the last bunch of years, I mean, when we started Burning Love, Curse was still going. Right. Um, but I intentionally wanted. I mean, it, for me, really angry and jaded stuff is my security zone. You know. Yeah, I mean? yeah. 
and I wanted to stepping outside of that to me means doing something less nihilistic. Yep. Or not less nihilistic because I mean the anger is there. Right. Things I'm pissed at are still there, but being able to phrase it in a way that's more useful. Right. You can and, feel like you can express yourself more appropriately than you would, yeah. you know, when you're 18, 19 years old. Right. Like I feel like it's a lot of work to go through and not have fun. You know, like we were just saying about yeah. being pissed and making a face. Like, I'm pissed because I'm pissed at certain things, and nothing is going to much change that except those things going away, which is not happening. Right, right. Um, but in the meantime, while I'm here, I'm not going to stand up there and make some grouchy, angry, right. intense guy face, and that's not me either. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's the idea that's angry. Right, exactly. Yeah, you know? you're, you're identifying with that more than you're identifying with the actual emotion because right. that's obviously what you do when you're younger. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, as you were going through high school, um, the did the concept of always like you know playing in a band was that always like oh that's something I want to do yeah I was drumming with like yeah so that, that was having, that was what you were first cutting your teeth yeah, with okay in terms yeah being frustrated drunk ass punker teenager dude just hammering on things was like uh, came real easy to me yeah and, and when, when when did that in your life when did drums kind of become uh, in high school probably like grade ten okay I mean I was probably like fourteen or so sure sure and, yeah. And what was the uh, what was the first like? You picked that up just solely based on the fact that that looked the most appealing to you. Just hammering on shit. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Just <laughs> I get to hit the shit out of this. Yeah. Um. And was like, the, what was the first, the actual first band that you may have played a show with? That, like. Oh man, I'm in in danger of kids being like, "What's this all about?" And yeah, yeah. Must have been missing some great thing. No, it wasn't. No, no. Kids, please don't rush out. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's not great. I was in a band called Basket Case. Oh. No big deal. Yeah. When I was uh, in high school. What was, know, what, me and my Straight friends. up punk. Yeah, kind of with like, it was like, you know, 1992, so it sounded like uh, your idea of like, quote unquote, heavy music at okay. that time. Sure. I don't know, mixed with just punk. Sure, sure. It wasn't, I don't think it was great, but you can see the seminal <laughs> ideas and right, frustrations. Right, right. And, ba- and, and ba- I mean, usually I find a common experience amongst people who've played in bands is like, usually their band name is atrocious or like oh, or you gotta have one of those <laughs> you have to if you don't have that yeah. like and and honestly basket case that isn't terrible I no, mean like it wasn't we so, were, it was in the scene of like those shitty straight edge hardcore names of 1992 I'm like we could be the band the, the punkish sort of band that everyone does not really like but right. ends up on the show anyway right we could be the odd the odd band out yeah. we'll, we'll fill that spot yeah um, still doing that okay Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll fit somewhere in between here and there. Dude, it's weird. Cursed played all those years. Yep. These just atrocious, like, metalcore, suburban, random shows. Right. With four texting kids, maybe, like, walking out of the room. Right. The four kids that now go, I saw that band. You know? Dude, yeah. Like, Cursed is the thing of legend. <laughs> yeah. I own all their merch. Right, like. Right. <laughs> But we were playing those shows, and now Burning Love, it sounds nothing like that. We're playing every fucking weekend with, like, Nazem and Drop Dead and stuff. And it makes sense to all of us in the bands because right. we have a history and we understand it. But kids are usually like, Why are you, what's this band doing on this show? Right, right, right. Yeah. So that's, I guess I'm still keeping it real with the odd band out shit, <laughs> which is fine. Yeah, which is fine. That's, I mean, that's what you like the most. Sure. Um, and so you mentioned, like you were saying, you, you know, you're a total, you know, drunk punker as you were, you know, going in, uh, going through high school. Um, you know, how was your how was your mom reacting to kind of the way that you started to you know dive into music and was it was it a lot of conflict? Or your... No, I mean she was encouraging of me doing it. That's always. cool. Yeah, I mean she's really uh, I was raised in a really religious household. Right. You might have heard a thousand songs I wrote about it, or a million interviews <laughs> yes. about it. Right, right, Perhaps right. Perhaps you know I have some opinions about organized religion. Yeah, Maybe yeah. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> 
but yeah um, so we differ on a bunch of things but she was definitely always yeah supportive and and wanted just to see me use my head even right. if we don't come to the same conclusions about things we still butt heads about things but still like right. that's your mom yeah yeah of course of yeah, course she's yet to ever I, I wish that sometime in all this time I could have had her come and see stuff she probably couldn't She's like not in great health, but okay. uh, and she couldn't handle being around that now. But I wish at some point in just your... once when someone's their mom comes to see their band because now it would be kind of cool. But now it's kind of too late. Right, right, right. Now, now it would be it would be so much work and it would, could potentially traumatize her. Yeah, she wouldn't be somewhere at like one in the morning in a club and people and laugh. <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not playing at seven thirty. Like, <laughs> so um, no, she was cool about it. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that the. Uh, the idea, I mean, because obviously it's like, because you're going through so much as a teenager and a kid, and then the idea of once you introduce, like, hey, here's this completely foreign thing that you have no context for where this comes from. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and just dive right into this. Totally. Parents are usually terrified at that. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm sure there was a lot of that went through your mom's. She did. I remember one time she came down to our basement where I had all my records, and someone from, like, a church or someone had told her I had a Sex Pistols record. Oh, okay. <laughs> we had to have a talk, and she said, do you want to be the Antichrist? <laughs> Really? Yeah. Like someone told me. I was like, well, kind of. <laughs> wow, that's yeah. funny. That, yeah. you, that that someone had ratted on you and said like, or someone was like, I think your son may have some objectionable records. <laughs> that's exactly it. Like, yeah. That's incredible. So that always d- made it dig in a whole bunch deeper for sure. Like, wow, parents hate this. I'm on the right page. Right. <laughs> You're like, I am doing something yeah. 100% I'm right. I'm going to chase this down for the rest of my life. How about that? That was it. And so, yeah, I presume in in high school and that process, like, you know, did you find anything redeeming about it? Like, did you, you know, did you play sports? Like, was was that no, any... I was the other kind, man. I was I, figured. I was the nerd that got beat up, yeah. chased through a field home. No, I, I didn't play sports. I didn't even take gym until I wasn't going to graduate if I didn't take grade nine gym. And I'm like, all right. Uh, I guess I'll I do this. It. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't so bad, it turned out. Yeah. It's not but, that bad. Yeah. And so you, you, you kind of just stuck to your crew and, you know, hopefully you, you can kind of, you know, duck underneath the radar and the dudes don't beat you up and all that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did move high schools. I was in a Catholic high school and it was really screwed up. We ended up with a police station in our school. Oh my gosh. By the time I left, someone got attacked with a meat cleaver in the hallway and like weird shit like that would happen where like 200 people would somehow fight somebody. Oh my gosh. It's just mob That's issues. weird. It's just crazy. I think it's because it was a lot of, uh. Southern Ontario and, and where I was was a lot of second generation immigrants to Canada from uh-huh. Europe and there was a lot um, of interesting stories to it there was like people from Bosnia and people from Serbia right you know what I mean so they were playing out their parents wars yeah after school they know they're supposed to hate that culture yeah right and Italian kids and Portuguese kids and like a lot of different things you, you definitely gotta be something right 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 so right on top of not really having one consistent friend group or being one demographic thing yeah also got yeah culturally like growing up not really knowing my, my father's side I didn't really give a shit like racially culturally it doesn't mean right. anything to me either like it doesn't mean who I yeah, am yeah you didn't it's, identify with that totally, right which right. is another reason that punk really hit me so hard like I am who I fucking wanna be right right yeah it's like it's <laughs> Obviously, the music of punk and the message of punk has never been like, you know, oh, yeah, like, identify with your race and culture. Right. And, and exclude everybody else. Totally. I mean, there was a, a very small portion of that that was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And so, when did, uh, when did, because, I mean, officially, for all intent and purposes, like, Left 4 Dead was kind of the first band you sort of toured with? I mean, and, 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 I know, never no. toured. I mean, it was the first one that really recorded and did all that stuff. Right, yeah, right, that's right. really where, like, hardcore-wise, we're not. And when did that, like, did you, uh, did you have any sense as you were going through, like, high school, like, what you sort of, you know, wanted to quote-unquote do with the rest of your life? I would not have been able to tell you, but I never thought of anything about life, like, further ahead. But now looking back is the only way you can see like that is kind of what I've done with my life. Right, right, right. What do you right, know? Right. Did yeah. something with it, and this yeah, is yeah. it. Right, right, right. This worked out great. Yeah. Not that it, I mean, I'm not gonna die that soon. I don't think. Maybe I will. No, I th- I think you're right. Yeah. Our 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 lifespans I think are are growing longer. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> yes. And but that, in terms of music, I never would have thought that, man. But I I had a friend. Did you ever know Zach? Through Logan or any of those guys? I don't think so, no. It doesn't sound familiar. Playing in Burst of Silence. Oh, okay. I mean, obviously no Burst of Silence, but yeah, yeah. I had some friends when I when I left that, when I had to leave that Catholic school and went to public school, for which was a great time. The last two year or two of high school in a public school was awesome. It was awesome. And did you have to wear a uniform at that Catholic school yeah, and everything? Yeah, I did. Oh, I did. yeah, yeah. It was the whole, the whole nines? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have nuns as teachers and everything, or was that... No. No, just... just kilts. Oh, Okay. God bless the Catholics is all I God say. bless the Catholics, yeah, yes. I take back every word I ever said about the Catholics. <laughs> Someone that could make it so a bunch of teenage girls have to wear tiny skirts. Yeah, yeah. And they're to be express themselves, they make them even tinier. That, of course, uh, against regulations. That is right, right. They, that, that's when they, uh, you know, they they cinch up the waistbands. Totally. Of course, right, right, fucking right. brilliant, completely brilliant, <laughs> great marketing plan. Yeah, <laughs> that's about the only part I enjoyed of all. Right, of course. But, but in public school, right? How old are you? I'm 32. Okay. So yeah. How old were you? Like what years? Were you I, I graduated high school in like 1989. So it was like I was in uh, high school from like 95 till 99. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how relative. I think it might have been because it was sort of the tail end of the 80s when I was starting high school. Sure. Like 92 or so when I finished. But uh-huh. like kids, skaters. Yep. And freaks, which I get there weren't really goths in the way there was. Of course. Many decade pre hot topic, but just like. Freaky fucking people, that right? Right. Fit in all sort of the like fringes. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, totally. Like, the, I mean, I think that's um, in. I think that's emblematic of like high schools in general, where yeah. it's just like you know the people that are on the fringes that don't fall into the you know okay you're you know you're into sports and football or you're into you know student council ASB yeah. like if you don't fall into those two categories you find it you you, you try to find a niche elsewhere yeah and that, yeah. I mean it makes sense and, but I think. What's different probably from your experience is the fact that it was way more of a melting pot, whereas, like, I'm sure, you know, like, the goth kids hang out with the goth kids now. And, like, now, the skaters hang yeah. out. With the, yeah, but whereas, like, no, it was kind I, of a Yeah, mix. we fell in with people and because uh, I, I skateboarded a lot, and my friends, they were definitely, like, more like the freaks. Yeah. Was, and it, that went from, like, punk to gothy stuff to, like, everything, but... Uh, that was the great time. That's when I met friends, like I was saying about my god kids, my best friend from high school. Right, right. Um, you kind of, yeah, at that point, you kind of felt like you'd fallen into, you know, more of a, a comfort zone yeah. there. And I had a couple friends from Catholic high school that I'd started playing music with, and we all liked some similar things. Got it. Rollins Band being one of the big ones at the time. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, early, I mean, early 90s, like, that's, I mean, I, I, I can, I don't that, think anybody can ever forget the first time they see Rollins, you know, playing, what was it Lenny 2 Lollapalooza? I didn't Where, see that. I, I mean, I didn't see, I just saw a picture of it. Yeah. But like, you I know. I saw them that summer though. Right. And just like him with his shirt off and fucking huge oh tattoos God. and you're just like, who's this guy? I need to know everything about him. I went, there's a place called the Concert Hall, which is gone in, in Toronto. It's not there anymore, but uh, Rollins Band at COC. 
Okay. On the end of Silence when that came out in the summer of '92. Uh-huh. And I got, I'm not even trying to be like, I'm gonna get crowd surf, but I just got some, I ended up thrown up on stage during COC and Pepper Keenan kicked me like with his foot and I flew over Christian was there and Christian was like three or four people back and he said I went like right over his head uh-huh. it was really a run <laughs> that's amazing that and then Rollins band played and then we hung out after and somehow everyone cleared out and there was no security and I just walked back and downstairs and I ended up meeting like and it was cool because I talked to Rollins for like an hour and that was like yeah fanboyish for sure oh dude Sim Kane and Chris Haskett and all the, the band that wow I was like yeah this is my shit yeah you're like sure. <laughs> this is I, I have to be doing this yeah because like, it was punk but it was like jams oh totally totally and it was pissed but smart enough but animalistic enough at the right same time. and it was like it was somewhat accessible yeah. to a, a wider audience yeah for yeah sure. I mean there's an aspect of that in retrospect of course that's a little bit cartoonish so right. people are, don't always like to come so much out about it because it seems so man oriented but it's really I don't know I don't think it is no 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 I agree like I mean espe- especially if you experience it in some way shape or form around that time like it was so apparent like yeah, yeah looking back on anything you can be like oh that's cheesy because that's yeah but like that Rollins too like he's coming from an aspect of like art and underground art yep and things that aren't macho he was involved you know with people like from Lydia Lunch to totally like Okira he was putting those things out yep. on his label right so he wasn't coming from this man thing but that's like <laughs> yeah. his expression of his anger came through that way right yeah 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 that for dude's sure a product of his family environment too like any of us Totally, yeah, because it's funny because it's like, you know, hearing your experiences, obviously, like, you know, being raised, like, so many people, um, you know, I mean, and it sounds like you obviously are so close to your mom, like, you know, you still care for her, Um, and it's like, you know, the immediate reaction for a lot of punk kids and, like, kids that get into punk and hardcore is just like, oh, you know, fuck fuck my parents, like, it's just so... um, It's more like fuck your society and fuck your tradition. Right. Your parents are the ones that raise you whether you agree with them or not. Right, totally. It's like, it's not their fault. Like, they're they're doing the best that they can. Right, and there's parents that do fucking unforgivable things to their kids, but that wasn't my situation. My parents grew up with the same ideas they get from their parents, so it's just a matter of, like... No offense, but I'm breaking the chain here. Of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're 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 broadening the scope of understanding for your family. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And so then, when did, when did uh, so as you were graduating high school, like you know, was there plans where it's like, yo, I gotta I gotta go to university? Sort of. Oh, okay. I totally forgot my rants about hardcore. You want me to go back to that? Yeah, yeah, of course. Sorry, my friend Zach. Yes. When I went to the public high school, yep. and all my friends between skaters and uh, I was in Matt from. Beckman. Yep. We were in the same graduating class. Okay. So those guys, I kind of had met those dudes. And my friend Zach, especially because he dated my friend who was one of these freaky types, my friend Naomi. Okay. So that's really how I met him. And he was like a straight edge guy. Uh-huh. But he liked good, I don't know, a lot of misfits and things like that. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, the first time, that is where I first actually connected and went to like a show. And where I first realized that records I was buying and listening to them. Because I, there was record stores and I literally walked in and bought like the first five things that looked obnoxious and good to me right 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 and they were so across the board it was like crass um minor threat just yeah. happened to be there the crucifix was on there right so i was listening to lots of records like that and then yeah whenever like holy shit that's like a thing that is accessible in oh so town. like you you can you kind of yeah so you like you were aware that there was something like actually physically happening in, in an environment besides, besides like just records being put out yeah oh okay like, that's whoa that is here <laughs> so right right <laughs> even if it was like 15 people totally yeah. you're like this exists and yeah. it's down the street yeah that's it, cool it was like two seconds after i went to a show and it's this old place a redneck bar which is like very much the town that we we're from right right uh 
chokehold. It might have even, I don't know if it was an earlier incarnation, but it was stuff like that. I just got fucking thrown over a table into a wall. You can't even call it moshing. I don't know what it was. It was just like... Just throwing each other around. Yeah. 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 And it was like, bam. That was like instant yeah. the experience. This is what I want to be involved in yeah. from here on out. This is the right way for me to go. Right. And so did you, uh, like with, so like you're saying with university, like was that, was that a plan? Like did you want to continue with it like you know continue with your schooling like was there um, stuff that was interesting to you that you were wanted to tackle from that perspective or was it like well, you get churned out of a school system no matter who you are yep and into like the idea of a really limited options you know true like pick one of these four things on a list you know yeah like yeah you see something when you wrote when you're in grade four from an old you know yeah photo album and says i'm gonna be a i'm gonna be a fire right 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 right, right. So I decided I was going to totally fuck the system, dude, by going into advertising. Oh, really? And totally change it from within. I didn't. No, don't, I didn't. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't no, I don't. But, I went but that was the intention. That was it. I'm like, that's it. I'm going to fuck with this because I loved a lot of Barbara Kruger and a lot of, of course. artists. That, like, dude, incredible work. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. John Freud's, uh, what's his, John Hartsfield. So. Sure. The guy did all the photo montage in the Nazi era. The oh, yeah, did, yeah. Like the discharge dub and all that stuff. Right, right, that's right. I love the idea of that, but then I actually went to college for it right out of high school. Um, and it took me just a f- like a few months to be like, no, this is like grinds you down with business bullshit. Yeah, and this by the is time not you get for out, me. Right? No, just like politics, maybe people start out thinking they're going to do something, but by the time it churns them out the other end, they're like a yeah. know, mindless drone. Right, they've like they've that. been uh, they've been polished over, so to speak, where totally. it's like, oh yes, here's this nice pretty stone. Yeah. It was a jagged rock before. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. So I, I stopped and I just worked for a few years and I just, I was taking night courses. I was going to go into uh, like social services and I did some sociology and psychology and uh-huh. while just working and figuring it out. Right, right. Yeah, because you've always struck me like, you know, it, it, no matter what incarnation artistically you were involved in, you always struck me as a person that, um, you know, at, that actually thought about the things that they put out and presented as opposed to, um, you know, I mean, more so like, like you said, Left 4 Dead was a reaction. And then obviously, like, you know, once you started to do, you know, Swarm, Curse, and like those things were obviously, you know, Counts into Oblivion. Like those were more, uh, you know, like calculated in the sense of like, you knew how you, you wanted to express yourself. Yeah, um, for sure. And so, and because of that, I, I always thought that there was obviously a fact that, you know, you did involve yourself with school and did you know try to consume as much as you possibly could artistically yeah. like book wise and like you said I was reading stuff that was way too serious way too young I was seriously reading like Samuel Beckett and Sarge like things like that at like 16 and some of them like Orwell right that clicked with me just like oh yeah, yeah as much as hardcore did and it was never fucking wrong only gets more right the older I get totally totally the ideas of that are the things that are really happening right so I definitely always had that kind of like paranoid angle to things too but right but no I, I don't know it wasn't necessarily correlating to formalized education just like I was reading a lot on the things that I yeah you know utopian ideas and societal stuff right so, stuff that you were identifying with yeah that so wasn't like, presented in the class right <laughs> yeah yeah but I took a long time like playing sort of started uh-huh. band life so I was always kind of working and doing that yeah yeah so and that's what you were I mean and obviously it's like a lot of people and especially in the context of you know how music is now it's like you know when you know you were playing in bands and like when I was playing in bands we didn't start bands to obviously be like alright here's a business plan like we're no. gonna we're gonna potentially make some money off no, this no I've always no I've never been good at that part of it <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> which is like which is you know I mean it's it, a lot of it is counterintuitive to the way that music works now, where it's yeah. like, you know, business plan first, music later. Right. Um, Fill in the blanks. Right. Totally, totally. And so, like, when, um, you know, when did, 
as you were going to university, was that that was when like Left for Dead was happening uh, and no, the swarm was, was happening. More like the swarm. Okay, I started. Got it. But by the time I went back to school, I think uh, I was kind of smart enough. I like to think to, to know that uh, just to go to study things that I wanted to know about. Got it. Regardless of what was going to happen. Right. It seemed to me after the advertising thing that the idea of like being a thing because of schools. It's not bullshit because people go through more like trades. That's practical. You go right. learn a thing. Yeah, I can work with my hands. Yeah, right. that's why they call it honest work. Right. Yeah, I learned to do this, and this is the thing I do. Right. But I don't know too many people that you know went through school their philosophy and like what what are you because of it. You know? Right. 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 Yeah, so, they fully identify themselves with this degree that I got. That is exactly who I am. Yeah. So I studied things that uh, I wanted to know, understand better, and for me, I was I went back for religion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was a double major originally with religion and Chinese, and I was in philosophy, but it was very, uh, it was so Christianity oriented uh-huh. that it really pissed me off because sure. I thought like if this is philosophy you're talking about, it should be so absolutely objective. Right? Why is this framed in this context? Yeah. Why is this the God I'm arguing the existence of? <laughs> like that's what that's this God. Yeah. Shouldn't I be? Shouldn't be working from like, sort of a blank canvas? Exactly. Well, that isn't that wouldn't that be philosophy? Right. 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 You arrive at your own conclusion through all of these other yeah. practices that are out there. Right. Yeah. That's funny because it, it's. <laughs> Today in philosophy, we'll figure out, you know, these things about the Christian God. Like, that's cool, but that's one of a bunch of ideas in the world. Right. That's one yeah. path. Right. And I, I also, I've always, I mean, because uh, I've always identified myself. I mean, for lack of a better term, I call myself Christian, but I, I don't, you know, organize religion. I, I have the same opinion of yeah. you. But I, the way that you've always approached, like, every, like, I'm trying to think of one of the most poignant writings, in my opinion, that you've done on the topic of religion. Um, God, I want to say it was in the zine. Like, okay, there's that kid on the banks of the Tumid River or whatever. Like, that, there was that old fanzine. Yeah, that sounds so familiar. Oh, dude, because you, you did, a I really mean. long interview in it, right? You, yeah, and I, or you, or actually, I think you had just like a page dedicated to, um, your, just your Is opinion. Is it zine? Um, it, I, I don't, I never knew the kid doing it, but it seemed like a really young kid. And he was just, I don't know, whatever. I just, it, it's so crystal clear. And like, reading your dissection of just like, this is why I don't, you know, I don't adhere to organized religion and why I don't believe these things. And it was like, it was funny because like, after I read it, I was just like, there's literally not one thing I disagree with. And the fact that you, you know, you took religion and you wanted to take this, you, you took it seriously. Like, as well, a that's po- it. I grew up in it. I want to understand what makes people do it. Right. And it's not, I mean, there's parts of the philosophy, of course, that are great. Yeah. I, I mean, if it was just as easily as like a life a philosophy, like, live well and don't fuck people over. Who's going to disagree with that in the whole world? That's right. pretty much all the religions agree on that. Right, right. But it's, it goes from there to, like, clan, warring clans, and that's the entire... Right, the entirety, yeah. ...civilization, right? Totally, and I just, but, I, I, I always like, because, like I said, a very typical response from, you know, the kid getting into punk and hardcore is like, oh yeah, like, fuck religion. But, they, you know, they don't have a leg to stand on, of what that actually yeah. means, besides, like, you know, crass lyrics or whatever. Right. And so the fact that you've, you know, you've rolled up your sleeves and done this sort of proverbial, you know, dirty work in your own head to be like, this is why I arrived at this conclusion. Yeah. And it's like, I just feel, I feel like that, how you went about that is just the way that most people should approach like pretty much a lot of things in life. Like, thanks, man. I mean, if you're just flipping something off, you're, it's sort of a cop out from really talking about it. Right. You don't have to be on the same page as you don't. I mean, you can be consider yourself Christian, and I can consider myself whatever, and it 
what would it what would be the difference if you can if we were in different categories so you still have to think about life right you're still talking about absolutes that you can't really Define. confirm or deny yep. for the by the same criteria right right that's right. why I'm always wondering whether I'm an atheist or actually agnostic I'm like who cares I just know that like I can't <laughs> yeah. say there isn't <laughs> right. by the same way that I can't say there is like I'm just this person I'm not yeah. in outer space I'm not <laughs> I'm in time and space I'm limited to what I can see around me right right, right. I'm limited by what I can touch yeah. what I can feel like these are all these are yeah. these are not abstracts these yeah. are absolutes it's more complicated than fuck religion it's like fuck bigotry fuck religious wars and yeah. that yeah and fuck taking people's natural like um leanings towards whatever you want to call spirituality right and being like yes you will be this and memorize this and right 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 we'll toss you in line yeah yeah, yeah. that's a fucking cop out from thinking about life too right you know what i mean <laughs> totally like, i totally. memorize this back and forth like oh so what right right that's right. a book that was written by somebody, sure, and edited for you know, right millennia, <laughs> to yeah. the convenience but, of different churches, and then edited again, and then cleaned up for its times, and then stuck in a you know a hotel, and then stuck you know right 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 it's donated by the Gideons yeah yeah <laughs> it's a story it's a neat story that if anyone you have some spiritual intelligence most people they don't they don't need to be on the same page as everyone else yeah to talk about it exactly because neither of you fucking know no. Yeah. You, can't, you can't know things that you can't know. Right, that's right. The, that's what's fun about it, I guess. <laughs> right, because that's why you can talk about it for hours and hours and never arrive to, you know, the conclusion that will satisfy both parties. That's the beauty of fucking everything. You don't know. Yep. You may never. Nope. It's, and in the meantime, so what? You're alive. Like, right. what is your life about? Right. Consume that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, obviously, with the huge body of work that you've created musically, the idea, like... And obviously it taking so many, you know, still part of the aggressive music scene, but each one taking different forms, you know, um, you know, is there, is there sort of a work or, you know, a record or a song that, you know, sort of defines, e even if it's just of that time, that sort of, you look back on and you're like, I am fucking so glad that I was able to that song? like do that, you know, uh, um, there's definitely individual songs that have influenced my life a bunch. They're yeah. Like one the way somebody put something uh -huh. um, for and against. There's definitely things like that because uh -huh. I was growing up and and casting off the religious, you know, upbringing that was sure. in my head even while I was doing it. Like, it was still sort of half in there and half out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but things like that song, Eulogy, by Born Against or Mary and Child because, of course, I was raised around a lot of ideas about abortion. And Right. Again, these are absolutes, moral things that no one has to have a great answer for. It's not. It's an unfortunate thing about life. It's not like people fucking go out and have awesome abortions because they're super into it. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, so great. Yeah. So great. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I was, like, kind of kicking that out of my head. But the way that some people write things really argumentatively, I owe a lot yeah. to people like that, and Crass in particular in terms of social things. Sure. There's a song, Bloody Revolutions, on Best Before. Sure. And it's about, like, I guess anarchism becoming, like, a cliche and becoming an establishment. Sure. And then, like, or and the whole history of people taking over something and fighting against an idea and then becoming it and becoming a tyrant. Right, right. Um, I think, yeah. Sure, sure. So, hey, you dropped something, man. Okay. Um, is there anything, like, within the your own music that you've created, like, everything that you've done yourself... That sort of, you know, has that same sort of lasting resonance with you, where it's just like... With me? Yeah. There was one curse song that I always felt kind of proud of on the last record, and it's not... no I don't even know if we ever played it live. Uh -huh. That song, Unnecessary Person. 
Okay. Uh, it's just it's that dirgy, slow, slow sure. kind of one. Right, right. And the... It, it it always struck me because I I mean I just remember I remember hearing you know the Curse One record and that song like 1974. Obviously there was a reason that that song you know, resonated with a lot of people because I mean not only was it musically great but you know I just think you hit you hit a nerve with a lot of people that um, you know what they deal with with their families. Yeah. And and it, it's just it's such an important like I don't know why people don't people are so abstract about the way that they sometimes speak within you know what they've experienced with their family and it was just like i don't know it, the way that you spelled it out in that song in particular was just so like it's like this is what i experienced like i don't I never had much of a filter right yeah <laughs> uh, like what was too personal right right, right sort of to my detriment sometimes but sure. I, I don't know if i would want to change that no i've become a bit more of a private person for sure in the last 10 years but in, when i write something yeah, you kind of owe it to just let it fucking hang out and let the chips fall where they may have alienated you from friends, family, your fucking self. Like, yeah. get it out. Let the thought be what it is. That, like I said, the nastiest idea in your head. That's that's real. It should be exercised. Yeah. Yeah, and in, in, in a healthy manner. Totally, it's totally healthy. Even if it's you know, even if it's, if it's dark. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's not healthy. You no, no, for sure. Right. So it's therapeutic just to get those things out. But yeah, I think you're right. It resonates with kids because they have their own experiences too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to see something you know plain as day, where it's like, okay, this 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 is this person's experience, mm -hmm. and I'm not alone in this. I um, just never liked being. Okay, I guess this is a whole other subject, but it's I okay. didn't ever want to be the guy. Right to be that, you know what I mean? Like, you make music because it um, is therapeutic to you. Right. But then it bounces. You know, you put your ideas out there, and people feel like they know you really well because, I mean, really, they they kind of do. Yeah. If well, it's it, it, shit it, that I write. And it's I'm really glad that you brought that up because it's like there's obviously today there's a lot of one-sided conversations that are happening, and yeah. what I mean, like, because obviously how transparent people's lives can become with social media. You know, you're putting a lot of yourself out there, uh, and people may be interacting with you, especially if you you have some quote unquote level of stature. Where it's just like, I look at the comedian uh, Louis C.K. Yeah, I mean, he's it's great. Totally, he's yeah. incredible, and like it's it's such his he voice. He lets it hang out, even if it's nasty. Like I think about his daughter is like, like whoa, totally. it's so close to home, but he doesn't. I know, and it's incredible. And, and so many people, you know, feel like they have a connection to him for obvious reasons, right. and he puts so much of himself out there. It's but just naked, like it's just you know, it's totally, totally exposed and right without being polished and right. you know, propped up and then he like like you were saying on to, to your point where it's like you know he never wants to be like that guy where it's just like you know people like so many people can come up to him and like have these intimate relationships with him right and he you know he doesn't even know who they are yeah. their name anything totally and so it's like i understand that there's a level of like awkwardness to you know people coming up to you and like having you know like you know in, in tears like <laughs> it's I, I know, I'm and not, you know what? It's awesome. Like I don't know. I'm, it's sort of a weird moment if someone says things like that, or like, right. And but it's great to hear that if something meant that much to you. But of course, but that it's the idea. Yep. And not the person. Yep. That you should make a thing of. That's you know very I mean? true. That's very true. Because then, if for no other reason that it makes it a really unnatural scenario, and that gets bounced off your world and back and mirrored back onto you, and then like I hate. I don't. There's nothing I hate more than being aware of myself. Yeah. Because I have trouble with anxiety. Right. And that's also a lot of, like, my writing and a lot of everything I've ever done is just, like... Right. It's, a, like, a lashing out. I got a lot of... Yeah, yeah. You know, some psychological... Whatever. I've had little problems, you know? Sure, anxiety, sure. Anxiety, sleep, depression, like, a lot of things that are lifelong. Right. But I don't like having to be aware of myself. Yeah. And I don't like standing in a room and having a kid whisper, like, it's the guy from the thing. Like, I don't want to 
I just want to be in a room. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. You're like, I want to be comfortable in my own skin in this room because of, you know, like that's, that's just, yeah, it's a desire. But that's good about hardcore too because it isn't, I mean, people, I I really hate it if someone's like, I was really nervous. I don't know what to say. Like, why say whatever? What would you say to the guy next to you on the other side? (laughs) Totally, totally. Just say what you're going to say. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. It's short and it doesn't, I mean, what I'm, what's, I don't know. Don't make heroes out of people, especially hardcore is good because it's not like that. There's not. Theoretically, there is no hierarchy. Right. So it's a, it's a level one, playing field. Right, exactly. Yeah. If there is one, it's because it exists in your own mind. Yeah. Um, you know, and sort of in conclusion, because obviously, you know, we're, we're hitting a very, very many topics here. Um, but the, you know, the general idea of, you know, like where, you know, like you said, you're 38, where you're going forward in your life. Like, obviously, there, <laughs> there's, I mean, there's a lot of things that I know that, I mean, you have a level of enthusiasm. You have a level of enthusiasm about all the shit that you're involved in right now. Like, I mean, I can, for knowing you as long as I have, and hearing the way that you talk about things, like in your own life, and like things are going like legitimately good. Yeah. Um, and to be able to like still essentially be involved in the same shit that you were doing when you were 15 years old. That is some Peter Pan bullshit, man. Right. Yeah. Right. I sort of feel like I can't turn my back on it at this point in life. Like I'm just gonna do it all the way. Right. right. I don't know. Not, I'm not going to say I'm going to do it forever because you never know what no. the next camp. I don't plan ahead. Right. Or did. Right. But it's definitely awesome like to think back to summer of 1992 in a bowling alley in the basement of Hamilton, Ontario. Show called Slap of Reality. All these bands and things that you slugfest for sure. Right. And my shitty high school band. I would never have thought, you know, now I'd still be doing that. Yeah. But it's it's pretty cool and not even I've got a lot of friends obviously that still play it's not like the only one that right. still does this because there's a lot of people that do but either usually they're like musicians right and I don't know if I'm a yeah. musician you or, probably yeah I know because that, that hasn't been your sole source of income no I just work jobs like yeah I, but yeah it's, it's, it's insane yeah hey hey how you doing are we gonna leave yeah oh. we're gonna we're gonna leave right now actually yeah yeah <laughs> okay. Well, no, I, I, I think we've accomplished everything I wanted we to here. This dude needs his- <laughs> yeah, he needs his bench. Well, thank you, Chris. I appreciate Man, it. Thank you. Sweet. There you go. Um, as you can probably discern from the way that the conversation ended, there was a homeless gentleman that was interested in taking our bench, and he was, uh, I wouldn't say threatening per se, but um, yeah, he, was, he was interested in uh, kicking us out. So uh, I decided to end the interview. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, check out propertyofzach.com. Uh, drop uh, the show a line, 100wordspodcast at gmail.com. And um, yeah, be safe until next week, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks, everybody.